0: Notice this in 2 Peter 1, 3. Why is your attitude so important as a believer? Your attitude actually is your faith. Well, that went over real good. So let's just read this verse. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How many things has he given you for proper life and to live godly? He has by his power, through the work Jesus did, it's already given to you. It's already given to you. How many people have the attitude, well, I'm trying to get it. But he said, I've already given it to you. But if my attitude is I don't have it, then I'm trying to get what he said is mine. It's like having a well with water, if I know it's down there, then I just need to know how to get it out and into action, right? But you could sit next to a well and be dehydrated if you don't get it out, right? In the desert, that'll happen. We live in the desert. And, uh, but think about it, if it's there, then you just have to learn how to get it out. And if you get it out, you can partake. And he said, I have already given you all things, everything you need that pertains to life and a godly or godward lifestyle. He said, through the knowledge of him who called you by glory and virtue. Notice that phrase, through the knowledge of. The knowledge of is the key, the key to you tapping into and walking out God's plan. No wonder uh, things happen to us. Turn with me to Ephesians 6. This is Paul's writing uh, here and something he said, but no wonder we get assailed in our minds at times. And we have opportunities to adopt a bad attitude or to get bitter Why did God warn us about getting rid of bitterness? Does it not matter? Did he think, well, no big deal? No, he warned us because it creates a wrong attitude. And that wrong attitude will cause us to act out toward people in a wrong way. And think about if you get a wrong attitude toward God or his things, you think, well, I ain't going to do that. But... Inwardly, you have a call. Everybody does to serve and to do and to obey. And there's life and ability to be tapped into. Well, you know, and we get an attitude about something or somebody, we can act away from what is there. No, nobody's ever experienced this. And so we need to recognize. I want to read this as we are here in Ephesians. I want to read that other Verse, again, real quick, in a different translation, the Berean Study Bible, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need, His power has given. We need to know that. Because here's the thing, if I have it, how do I get it into action? Now, here in Ephesians 6, we're going to talk about how Paul explained the battle in your life, for your attitude, through your, for your thoughts to captivate you. And what's interesting here in Ephesians 6 is he uses the example of a Roman soldier. Now, a Roman soldier in their day was a brutal fighter. They were the best trained. That's why they ruled the world, so to speak, or much of the world. You know, the saying, Rome ruled the world. They, they were brutal. And they were fighters and they were trained and they had weapons that worked on every aspect to protect and to attack. And so Paul uh, uses this illustration of a Roman soldier concerning us as believers and our attitude in life. And so if he uses a soldier um, as an illustration, um, he's saying something. Say, so what's he saying? Well, one, he's saying this. We're playing for keeps. This is a real battle. It's a real fight with real consequences, and Satan will assail your mind and you need the right kind of equipment on. Now notice this in Ephesians six eleven. It says this. Put on therefore the whole armor of God. This means you can win if he tells you how here. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or stand against the wiles, the tricks, the deception of the devil. We need to know where those tricks are are they through people how are they what what are these tricks these wiles remember the old cartoon wild e coyote why was his name wild e coyote cuz it goes in line with this right here when he talks about the the wiles the wiles It literally means schemings. So while I.E. Coyote would scheme, didn't he? He'd see Mr. Roadrunner coming and he'd start planning for his destruction. And here's the thing that people don't always recognize, that sometimes a bad thought will get in your head and it did not come from you. And it'll just be a seed to throw it out there, so that later on we can just throw another one in there, just just a small one. Just that it's not a big deal. It's, it's not big. It's so just a little one. And then if you don't do anything with it, a little while later, throw in another one. After a while, you adopt that and think it's okay to think on this level. He's. Using schemings. You with me? So notice this. The wiles of the devil, his schemings. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, it's not out here in this arena of seeing and feeling. He said, but we do wrestle against principalities, powers, Against the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts and wickedness, uh, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now he said we. He didn't say there's a chance. He said every believer, every believer, is wrestling. back and look at this for we which would include me and you do not wrestle against flesh and blood so here's an interesting thought we have kids you know in the church pre-k and nursery and children's church in different ages and you see those kids and they'll be running around and you get a couple boys or a couple girls or a boy and a girl and all of a sudden they're wrestling when they're wrestling They're trying to get advantage over the other one to pin them, to do whatever. And you say, hey, stop it. Well, this can't be that because then you would see it and know it. But this is a wrestling that nobody sees, so to speak, but can be real. And Israel and everybody deals with this kind of wrestling whether you like it or not. And I know there's some people who don't like it. I don't like it either. We're born of heaven. There's something in us that wants to live at peace. But then there's also something in us called the greater one, God the Holy Spirit, who is a conqueror in us and will help us to conquer everything in this life. And so here he said, we wrestle, therefore put on. That was the first thing he said. The whole armor of God. Then in verse 13 he said, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That means you can withstand every attack that comes against your mind for a wrong attitude toward God and his things. And then it goes on to say, After we've done this, verse 14, he said, stand therefore. And it's interesting, twice he told us to put this armor on. He's telling you we're playing for keeps whether you want to or not. Here's the thing. If you don't like what I'm preaching, you go, well, I'm going to another church. They don't talk about this. Well, it don't matter. You go there, you'll get in a fight too with the devil. You will be wrestling with him. Somebody else at another church go. I'm going to go over to that church. You're going to fight with them here too. You're gonna, you will in your life. Anybody ever faced anything? Okay, one person, not two people. praise the Lord, and somebody else scratched their ear. I think that's two and a half. Did see somebody pick their nose, but I wasn't going to count that for anything. I wasn't sure. And um, verse fourteen. People are looking around, who? I'm not telling. Verse 14. Notice, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the, I'm sorry, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 17. Now, we already know it's armor, right? So we're going to read it again, but we're going to remove all the armor terms because it will help you. We're going to get rid of the armor terms and get it where you know I either have this or I don't have it. And you're not thinking breastplate, and you're not thinking shod, sandals, belt, helmet. We just get rid of all that. And, and it will change the way you look at this Why? Because these are attitudes and ways you are to think. You are to put these on. You are to think these ways. And when your attitude is in line with these things, you'll triumph every time. You'll do God's plan. You'll reach the lost. You'll do certain things. You will. Watch this. Let's read this. He said, put these on. But I'm going to read it and remove all the terms. So verse 14 says, I'll start there and go through 17. Stand therefore having truth, having righteousness, and the gospel, faith, salvation, and the word of God. These are all attitudes that you are to personally possess. So when he said, put these on, get these settled in you, he's the very first thing he said is having truth, which is reality of the written word of God. Righteousness. It's so interesting. The very second thing he said, you need to have the attitude of you are right with God. That Jesus, if you are a believer, made you right, made you innocent, made you accepted. You have just as much right to stand before God clean, without guilt, like Jesus. You can see that's a battle. Because people don't, Keep that in their mind, they keep their personal failures. Where do those failure thoughts keep coming from then? If we're talking about a battle and he's saying these are attitudes you must keep, the attitude of the truth, God's word, the reality, actually in the Greek, one of the meanings is reality. The next thing is righteousness because you are going to get assailed in that area. And it's interesting. When he gives general truth, then righteousness, that's everybody who's a believer needs to know, I'm right with God. Not according to my works, but because I received Jesus. I'm clean before him. The next thing is the gospel. That literally is the good news of Jesus paying the price for everybody. That is witnessing. But it's that attitude. I heard the good news. I'm given the good news. These are attitudes we keep. It's interesting. Then he said faith, which is pistis in the Greek. Literally, it's that persuasion. When you meditate on the truth, you become persuaded. That's where you get that mountain-moving attitude that the Bible talks about. No wonder he would try to get thoughts in you to get you to let go of persuasion. Because this is what moves mountains when you get that persuasion. I'm right. There's no reason why I can't move this mountain. There's no guilt in my life. Jesus washed me and made me accepted. I have a general working of the truth. Now I have meditated. This is where my mind is. No wonder he wants to work on your attitude. Then he said... Faith, then it says salvation, literally, and and we know it talks about the helmet, but in other words, have this in your thinking. I'm saved, and he paid it all. And then the very last thing it says, which I find interesting is, it says, and the word of God. It would almost seem like there's three of the same things. Truth, faith, the word of God. But they're different. One is the reality of the written truth, The other is that faith or that attitude of persuasion that moves mountains. The only way you get that is you meditate. You guard your thinking. You dream and you think in line with the Word of God. You have to put these on so you have to imagine I'm clean. You have to imagine that God has paid things for things for me. That his blessing is in my life and he's already done a work for me. Not based on what you see. Remember, this is a fight in the unseen. So don't think it's strange that you had some thoughts away from this. We already know it's going to happen. So we have to be disciplined to retain these truths in our thinking when we get pulled away. We choose to put our minds back on the right thing. We choose not to ponder the wrong thing. What's interesting is that very last thing, the Word of God, is a different kind of Word of God than truth. It literally, when it said the sword of the Spirit there, but he said the Word of God, it literally means the voice spoken Word of God. The voice spoken Word of God. You have to have the attitude of, I do have faith to move mountains. The Lord has paid it all. It is mine, and I keep these things in my thinking by meditating. Well, I need to meditate on the fact that this needs to be voice spoken, because when he said, if you'll believe, that's faith, believe and say to this mountain, move, it would obey you if you believed and did not doubt. And so here he said, You have to have these attitudes on, and you could do it. But know that there will be thoughts that will come to try to rob you of these attitudes. Are there any attitudes like this in heaven that are contrary to these things? No way. So you know those hostilities are of a fallen earth. You should hate them like you hate murder, like you hate anything. That is evil. It is of darkness. It's of Satan. It is not of God. And God gave us this. And this is all Paul knew. This is how Paul did it. So he said, listen, this right here is what you do. You have to think right. That means you're going to have to get in the Word of God. And you're going to have to start pondering, not just reading. Some people think, well, I read. That's great. And it's wonderful. But you need to think And you need to hold these things in your head. Why? Because attitudes determine our actions. You know, there's an interesting verse in in Romans 1. Let's turn there. Paul wrote this about a group of people. And you know what's interesting to me? We live in a day and age that, man, this Romans 1 chapter sure looks a lot like 2018. And what I find is, is what he said here was the reason for their actions were exactly what we were talking about. The reason that they carried this out in their life is they got a wrong attitude that produced an action, and he tells you how to work on your own attitude. You ready? Real simple. Romans 1, verse 28, and he's telling, and we're going to read this, this, is on the negative side, but it works on the positive. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God permitted them, gave them up over to a debased mind to do those things which are not even fitting. Well, how God, here's the thing, God permits you to think on what you will think on. They, they did not want to retain this in their own thinking. They didn't want to, so God's not a control freak. He gives you an opportunity. He'll tell you the enemy is more of a control freak. And he'll drive and put thoughts and pressures. But God will let you choose what you will think on, but he tells you, choose this, and it'll be good for you. What's fascinating is, These people chose not to retain this in their thought life. They chose not to meditate on this. This right standing, the general truth, all that Christ paid for. You know, the good news for the lost world. They chose not to think and retain that in their thinking. They chose to think in other things. So their attitudes changed. And it says they took off after things that were unfitting. God... It says God gave them over to a debased mind. So we know that's right where the thing is. In your mind. In my mind. You can't stop thoughts. Everybody's going to have thoughts. Right? Because we know we're wrestling. You may look pretty, but you've had some pretty ugly thoughts before. You with me? And I've had people... People, people say things like, oh, they'll repent to their spouse. I had this horrible thought. I'm like, why do you tell them? That it didn't come from you. When you, if you start adopting it, that's a different story. But what's interesting is he said they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. We need to like to retain God. God in our thinking why it will tweak our attitudes and attitudes always determine an outcome an action what was he trying to do here show us how he lived in victory his whole life he fulfilled the plan of God he kept reaching people he kept serving in the kingdom and Paul said things like this he'd go to preach at places And he said, though nobody loves me, he said, I still love you. That's an attitude. Now, I guarantee you this, God didn't just fly over Paul like Tinkerbell with a little bucket or a little thing on his hip and sprinkle something on him so he'd have a good attitude. No, Paul was challenged just like you and I to get an attitude. I'll tell you what, those people acting like this, don't they know? The Lord is committed to me, the message for this These people, and they're not being nice. He said, doesn't matter to me. I'm keeping this attitude. This is how he stayed the course. And you know, no matter where you are in your thinking, you can always get it to where it needs to be if you'll become disciplined. And it's real simple when he said words like this, and we'll close with this. He said, truth, general truth. He basically said reality. Science is not always reality. Because they change it. Righteousness. You can't be right by your own deeds. Jesus is the only way. So I'm right with God. I'm clean because of Jesus. These are attitudes we have to keep. And the gospel. The good news of what Jesus paid for the whole world, which included you. You. That'll help us have an attitude of looking to other people. Faith, pistis, confidence, persuasion. That has to do with meditating on those truths, taking them to yourself and holding on to them. Salvation, knowing what he paid for, and then the word of God. Those are not too hard, are they? But so many people are like concerned about this armor. Well, I got got the breastplate. Well, let's just think about what the breastplate is. And these are attitudes, and I'll tell you what, if we would work on these attitudes, our motives will change. And I promise you this, as a believer, God has dealt with you in your life. Some people think God is trying to destroy their fun. He's not. I know some people, need to be careful what I say, but over the years, who have gotten hobbies, they were Christians. They were, started getting blessed, and they picked up some hobbies. And a couple of times I knew they need to control that hobby. And they let that cultivate until it pushed out the right thinking, and they became captivated with their hobby. They're not in church anymore. They're not serving God. They're not fulfilling the plan of God. And I guarantee you this, God at one time dealt with them inwardly, put that away. Was he trying to destroy their fun? No, he was trying to help them fulfill the plan of God and have joy in life. Sometimes people don't realize the things that God is dealing with you about is to wholly or completely help you to keep these things in the right place in your life. But how many people adopt something wrong and think, well, this is appropriate, this is right, and then it leads them to a wrong outcome. And so Paul said, this is what worked for me. It'll work for you. It'll work for me. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to know these things. Because it's simple. Truth, righteousness, faith, faith that moves mountains, the gospel, right? These different things. Salvation, what he bought and paid for. And then the word in my mouth, those attitudes will give me victory. I don't know about you, but the longer I go, the more I realize life is short. And I'm going to do God's plan, and I know you guys want to, too. Amen? This is how you get miracles. This is how you get victory in every area of your life, right here. Right here. Right here. If you're struggling in the middle of something, if you'll work these principles and keep your mind on the answer, your faith will rise it will it will rise